Hey, everybody. It's the Lens of Faith podcast here with my first guest, my brother-in-law, Israel. He's here to share his testimony of God's goodness, his grace, and his own redemption story. So, hey, Israel. How are you today? How are you doing? Good. Looking good, bro. Thank you. Same to you. Welcome. You're my very first episode. I'm so excited. Wow. Is this going to be the first time publicly sharing your testimony? Uh, yes, it is. Actually, um, I have shared it with uh, some of my close friends and uh, family, mm-hmm. obviously. But openly, uh, I haven't really like spoken to a, to a lot of people right. about it. Just because it's so new and it's like still a process, right? right. right? So how long have you been saved and what was your like come to Jesus moment? Um, my parents actually met at the Bible, uh, Bible school, whatever Bible college. And then uh, eventually they got married, right? And okay. I was born into a Christian family. My dad, uh, he's, a, he's a teacher in the Bible. You know, he, he's, uh, he's always teaching the Bible. That's the first thing that he does every time he talks to you. You know, he'll be talking to him and he'll be teaching you about the Bible. So uh, I grew up in a Christian family. You know, I grew up uh, with values of knowing who God was. And more than just knowing about God, I knew the power of the word, the power of God, because it was, I was always, uh, um, like my dad is a strong believer in, in the word, like like whatever, you know, you declare, it will happen. You know, the word of God is power and all that. And, and not only that, but I mean, I, uh, so I got to experience God. Apparently, uh, I guess when I was about, I want to say maybe when I was like 11, 12 years old, that I really had like an encounter with, uh, with God because yeah, growing up, I was, you know, going to, uh, to, to church every Sunday and whatever. But, uh, it was when I was, I was about 11 or 12 that I started. Uh, going into the uh, preteen uh, youth group or whatever you want to call it, something like that. And I remember that I would enjoy like the topics. I would enjoy knowing about God. And, and my first thing was like, my, my thing ever since I was a kid is that because I was born in a Christian home, my dad, before I was born, he will always pray for me, right? So I grew up with a very, very sensitive spirit towards the Holy Spirit. So I had like a, this really mm-hmm. sensitive heart towards whatever, you know, towards the Holy Spirit. So yeah, whenever we would be at church, you know, and there was like a manifestation of the Holy Spirit of like, God will speak to you, like God will speak to me and prophesy over me. A lot of people would prophesy over me, you know. So so yeah, I grew up in that environment and then I mean that's how I guess that was the age when I started really like wanting to know about my purpose and I wanted to know more about God. And I was very into like uh you know when you're a kid and you experience God, everything is like new and beautiful, you know, and there's no like right. yeah. I mean you're just pure, you know, you're just free. You, there's nothing right. holding you back. So, yeah. So that's... You're not jaded yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, yeah, so that's that was my... I mean, I'm not saying that my childhood was perfect. And, you know, my childhood had a lot of struggles with the, in my family. Right. So you would say maybe 11 years old was when you gave your life to Jesus. Yeah. 
Okay. And it was it was the time that I started experiencing God in a more personal way. Right. So yeah. Awesome. It's so amazing to get to know Jesus at a young age instead of you know later in life because as a child you get to have a childlike faith and you get to see him in kind of an innocent way and he wants all of us as adults to kind of go back to that childlike faith, right? Yeah, absolutely. Israel, if you would share with us when everything changed for you, because I remember over seven years ago, you guys were happily committed on the worship team, both of you leading, you and your wife leading worship at church almost every day of the week, super committed at every event, everything, you were consumed with church. Then I remember you guys got pregnant. We were all excited. And shortly afterwards... Your wife, you know, my sister came over to my house at the time, had all of us sisters there, and she had to break the sad news to us that she had a miscarriage. And as we were comforting her, she said, actually, pray for Israel. He's taking it a lot harder. And I remember being a little surprised because usually the woman that's carrying the child takes it a lot harder than the the man does. Yeah. But in this case, it was you. So maybe you can share with us in depth a little more about that time in your life and what w- what you were processing during that loss. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, that's that's what everyone saw, right? Yeah. I took it really hard because I thought, like, what's going on? Like, this shouldn't be happening to me. This happens to somebody else, to some other people, but this shouldn't be happening to me. And it really broke my heart because I am the oldest in my family and my dad, ever since I was a kid, ever since I was a kid, my dad would say, you are the firstborn. Mm -hmm. You are the firstborn and you belong to God. You are my firstborn and you have a special special anointing. You are my firstborn and, and, and God loves you in a different way. So that was always in my heart. So when this happens to our kid, I, I saw it was like, that was my firstborn. Like that, like that was like, that was something that I was waiting for, you know, expecting. And, and it really hurt me. It really hurt me. And I was confused. I didn't know why it happened. And, but the very, the, the very thing that broke me and made me say, I'm done with you, God. But the very first thing that I asked God was, I've served you for, at the time, I think it was like 10, 10 years already mm-hmm. in the ministry full time. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said to God, I've served, I've served you all this time in my life. My dad is really bitter. He's all by himself. My mom is a, a complete wreck. She's depressed, constantly talking about taking her life. Constantly mm-hmm. feeling like like it was just a, a cloud of darkness, and and I remember that before before getting married, when I was like in in my early twenties, I remember play, praying for my family so much every day, every time. Like that was my main thing, my family's salvation, because my family was going through like a really hard time, so. So I was like all the time that I that I prayed for my family and this is the result. And that's when I said, that's it. That's it. That's it. I'm 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 done. I'm done with worship. I'm done with uh hypocritical people. Another thing that 
that really pulled me was I gave all my 20s to serve God and I didn't live for myself. And I said, I'm going to live for myself now. And yes, uh, in the back of my head, I was always like, I don't have a kid yet. Right? Right. Like, and, and I think that started to become very heavy eventually. It became very heavy in my heart. Even when I was in ministry, when I, I would be worshiping and I would be like, God, I want a kid, right? Where my testimony starts. When I was in the worship team, I we had a great, great leadership. And I remember God will always speak to me. And people would come and prophesy over me and said, God is going to give you a kid. A few people came up to me and said that. But there was always something. The very first thing, mm -hmm. you need to come near to him. And, and you have to allow God in your life first. And when I was in the ministry... Like I said, I was I was very hypocritical, and and so I was just living a life like whatever, not even praying, not even nothing, just you know, just playing on Sundays basically. So God would uh, would tell me, I need you to come to me first, and then mm -hmm. this, and then after that was well, when I just said, well, screw it, I don't get what I want. I'm out of here, basically. Right. You actually became more rebellious because, you know, he had a requirement of you, right? Right, exactly. And so and so what happened after that, I I started to become very rebellious on purpose. And I started to allow um very dark things in my life. For me, it was more bitterness, right? And mm -hmm. I would feed that bitterness with hatred. I would just make myself hate people just because it was more like, I'm going to see how far I can go. That's, that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. So I started to treat people very, very bad. I started to do things that I, the way I wanted to. And that was a very, very uh, dark time. And well, yeah, I was one of the people that you hated. So I can tell you from experience, I actually walked through that with you. And I remember not understanding why you had such a deep hatred toward me and just kind of how you would ignore me when you would see me. And it was just, I was trying to figure it out. I, would, I remember trying to be super nice to you. And I would ask people like, what can I do? I'm so nice to him. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why he doesn't like me. And I think I tried to fix it. I tried to make it happen but it just wouldn't happen. And it just shows you that, you know, when your heart is hard, right. only the Holy Spirit can come and soften your heart because nothing that I could do in my power could help or change that situation during that time. Right, and it's right. just amazing to see where we are today and what God has done today. But yeah, I was just like, what can I do? What can I do? I'm so nice to him. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> and it just really, I didn't, I didn't understand the weight of it, you know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, and, and and so, I mean, during the time that I was going through all that, in my heart, I was, I was, I started be, to become very bitter towards God, and and saying my my thing was, right. Well, how come everyone else can get pregnant? Well, how come everyone else can have kids, but not me? 
And right away, God will tell me, because Mm -hmm. you need a holy generation. And I was very angry at that. I was like, no, I don't care. I was just like, I don't care. I don't care. Yo, I'm not holy. I don't care about the holy kid. Exactly. And my, my, and my mom was like, I don't care about all that. I want to be happy, right? So it was about me, 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 me. And I'll tell you, he's a jealous God, right? He's a jealous God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. What really, really moves me in your testimony, your wife wanted to get pregnant And you would tell her, like, why are you worried? Why are you praying to God? I already know why you're not pregnant. (laughs) It's my fault you're not pregnant, right? Like, you knew, you knew that God was like, until you release this idol in your life, you're not going to have a child, right? It's like almost became an idol, right? He's such a jealous God. So tell me more about that. Exactly, exactly. All that God wanted was just for me to get, to, you know, to, to release it. He was waiting for you to surrender in order to give you that gift. Right, right. So, I mean, that didn't happen in the time that, you know, that was supposed to happen. And Esther was always telling me, well, maybe it's not God's timing. And I said, it's not so much that it's not God's timing, but it's 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 that I need to surrender. Amen. So sometimes we like to say, you know, it's a Christian thing to say that, oh, it's in God's timing. Right. Right. Like even with my own story. Right. And this long wait and journey I'm going through, I could be like, why didn't it happen? Like you know, whatever time. Right. Right. And I'm not saying, of course, there is God's perfect timing. I'm not saying that, but he's not going to move if we don't partner with him and surrender our lives to him. Exactly. He's not just going to give you a baby when you're not putting him first. Right. Right. And so, and the same thing with me, whatever I was idolizing or whatever my identity has been, like he's had to work on my heart. He has, he's had to change my heart. He's not just going to give me some promises without making sure that I'm right and that I glorify him first. Right. Yeah. So we love to say it's God's timing. And I'm not saying there's not that part to it, but a lot of times he's waiting on us to yeah. surrender and partner with him. And until yeah. we do that, he's not going to release anything in our lives. Right. Right. So. So I want to bring something really important that actually happened after this whole crazy thing that I was going through. I started to have like a lot of very bad uh, oppressions from the devil, right? Like where, where like, like it was really bad, like depression, like really bad depression, like thoughts of suicide, you know, and wow. like uh, hunting dreams, like like fighting with the devil in my dreams, literally not just dreaming about it, but like spiritual fight in my dreams where the devil was telling me, I'm going to kill you, basically. Oh, wow. That started to get very scary for me, right? And for my wife too, because I was like, wow, I'm bringing Esther into this, right? Because you always say, oh, this is just me. Don't worry about it, right? But Well, the uh, two become one, right? When you're married, so. Right, right, right. So, and and I was always trying to avoid that. I was trying to like say, nah, this is just me, right? Right. So I started to like, okay, I'm going to start going back to church. But it was more like, okay, I'll go to church because I have to go to church. Mm. So I started to go to church like every now and then, you know, once once a month to whatever church I would find, right? Right. Like anywhere, just like anywhere. Okay, let's go to church. Let's go. Let's go to church because I need to. I need to clean my conscience, basically. Right. And that's that's why I would do it. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go to church so I can feel better, so I don't feel this oppression. 
And then I got tired of that too. I was like, well, if I'm just going to go to church just to feel better, then that's because my, my, because the way I was raised, I, in my mind was always like, either I'm a either, either you're cold or you're hot. Right. Right. That's what the Bible said. And I was like, right. I'm not going to be in the middle. So I was like, well, I'm going to stay on this side. Our life started to change more like uh, career wise. Like uh, Esther started like having uh, like uh, her career shifted in another direction. And so did mine. So we were very focused on, on our careers. And uh, and but there was always that burden in my heart. Like, I want kids like I want a kid like like it would pain me like literally it would it would bring me a lot of sorrow and a lot of pain not to have a kid. And so I started to become, I started to let go of all that bitterness. I started to let go of all that hate. I started to let slowly, it took me about a year or two to just like slowly come back, you know, to like, because I harvested so much bitterness and hatred towards everything and everyone that it took me a long time to, to like come back. What was that shifting moment for you? I think it was the fact that God was being so good to me still. Mm. I didn't expect my career to go the way it was going. And it was just blessing after blessing. Wow. And that humbled me. Here, God, I'm being rebellious. I want, my heart is cold towards you, but still, and your (laughs) amazing grace, you still bless me. Not only that, but I couldn't hear a worship song because it would break me. Wow. And sometimes I would even turn it off. I'll be like, turn that off, please, because I can't handle it. it. It breaks me. He was drawing you back in. He was trying to woo you back in. Right. And it was slowly, right? It was very slow. And I started to feel that um, that pull from the spirit. I created habits that I didn't want to let go of, right? Going out with my friends, you know, and drinking and just living my life the way I was living it, right? I started to do it. I stopped drinking completely. I said, I'm not going to drink anymore. So I got very sick last summer, very sick, where I had to stay home for two weeks. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't be awake. It was very something very, very uncomfortable. And I couldn't, I couldn't go out. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do anything. So I started, I used that time to like draw near to God, right? And I said, God, I'm going to, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I really wanted to come to you. And I said, God, please help me. You know, please help me. Please help me. And, and, I, and I said, I'm going to start giving up everything that, I, that I've been holding on to. And during those two weeks, God actually uh, did something in my heart and I was able to, I was able to actually um, break certain things in my life that had been holding me back for a long time. A lot of people say, "Oh, I can be Christian in my own in my own way. I can follow God in my own way." But the truth is that in your own house, there are so many things not only that can distract you, but the enemy knows mm. you so well that he knows how to like. He knows how to distract you from following God 
whether it's right watching TV, whether it's like your normal activities. I mean, it's just he knows your weaknesses. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and I said, no, God, I need, I need something. I need, I need to start going to a church. It was a God thing because I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave all my criticism behind. So I was like, God, I'm just going to go see what you have for me. And I'm going to leave my mind behind because this is the, the verse that always comes to my mind every single day. I, I, I try to like remember it and it says surrender your thoughts, you know, to the obedience of, you know, oh, captivate your thoughts. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. Second Corinthians 10, five, where it talks about taking every thought captive is one of my favorite verses. I actually pray that over my, my mind. I, you know, I hold my head right. and I verbally say that. And I, I've spoken about that so many things. That's probably one of the number one things that I tell people because a lot of things come from our thoughts. Like a lot of things that are happening to you are because you're allowing the enemy to just, you know, have a heyday on your mind, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's the battle of the mind. Captivate your thoughts. Like basically surrender your thoughts to the obedience of God, right? So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to church and today I'm going to surrender all my thoughts, all my pre-conceptions uh, of what I know about church. I was thirsty and I was hungry. I said, it's not so much the church, it's not so much the people, it's, you know, it's, it's the place that where God puts you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna surrender completely, surrender everything, every, everything that I, that I have created in my mind, because in my mind was like, church is this, church is that, Christians are this, Christians are that, Christians, this, this. So I like I had so much in my head, and I said I'm gonna surrender it all. Then we'll see what wow. happens. Wow! Right? I just want to say that was the best phrase of this podcast so far. <laughs> the moment right. that you say I'm gonna surrender it all, I can tell you from experience, your life will never be the same. I mean, I was a good Christian right. girl, very moral, grew up in a Christian home. I mean, as strict as it gets. Okay, we didn't even have a TV growing up. Okay, but everything changed. <laughs> about seven years ago. And it's interesting because like when you talk about how when you got sick, God used that time to shake you up. A lot of times God will use pain. It's actually a blessing in disguise. He'll use something where you're in a desperate need of him. And I know that happened to me where I was like at my rock bottom. But when I, I mean, that's a whole nother story. But when I got on my knees that day and I said, do whatever you want, I surrender all. I'll just tell you right now, my whole life changed. My whole life changed. It was like the angels were saying, we've been waiting our whole life for for this moment. You know, and here I'm like, you know, a lot of people looked up to me as a Christian already. So it wasn't like I was living, you know, in rebellion or even a mediocre Christian. I would consider myself like on fire for God at that time. Right. right? But but when I got on my knees and really gave him full control of my life where I was just like, whatever you want me to do everything shifted. So it just shows you that you could, you could think you're living right, right until your heart is right. And until you declare that you stay the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The things of the spirit are discerned by the spirit, right? So you might think that you're living a normal right. Christian life or not even probably not even Christian. Probably you think that you know God, but if it's not, if the, the spirit doesn't reveal to you, reveal it to you, then you're just living knowing of God, you know, mm-hmm. the, the time that I went back, 
I said, God, here's everything that I am. Here's everything that I have. And I said, fulfill me with your spirit today. Right. And God took me in the middle of worship and completely fulfilled me with wow. his spirit. After that day, everything that I thought, everything that I harvested in my heart, even the guilt of sin, because we all sin every day. But my thing was like, oh, I sinned today and I'm cut out of the, you know, the grace of God. But ever since that day, God, he renewed my mind at that moment. Like right. he gave me a new mind to see how good, merciful, how his plan, how vast it is. Wow. I think where God gave me the gift of a kid was, it was like the third Sunday of December. God, uh, the, the, the pastor was preaching about how God spoke to Zechariah and said, oh, you don't believe that I can give you a kid? Like, because his wife had been sterile for so long and they were so old. And he, he doubted God. He doubted God. Right. And he said, and God said, oh, you doubt me? Right. And when the pastor was preaching right. that, the Holy Spirit came upon me. Like the Holy Spirit came up, came over me when he was preaching this word. And I started shaking. And I was like, I'm going to take this word right now. I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it for me at this very moment. Like, like because the, the Sunday, the previous Sunday, the Holy Spirit had fulfilled me. And so my mind was completely open to, to receive everything from God. So I said, I'm going to receive this word right now. And I remember wow. I was in my, in, in my, in my chair. And then and, 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 the, and the Bible says that Zechariah, his wife got pregnant and then the baby was born. And Zechariah started like speaking to his kid, prophesying over his kid, right? When that, when, when the pastor was reading that, like I started shaking. I started like breaking down completely. I was like crying in my seat and I was just like shaking. And I was like, that's, that's me. And I said, that's me. And that is the moment when God gave me my promise. That's amazing. But you want to know the craziest thing about this? That at the moment, that wasn't my priority. At the moment, I was like, as long as I have God in my heart, I told this to God. I was like, I don't care about the world. I just want your spirit in me. I said, I don't care about if I lose my job. If I never have kids, I said, I don't care about anything. I just want your spirit. And like, not only that I thought of it, but I was feeling it in my spirit. I was like, I just want your spirit with me. So eventually, like a month after we found out that um, she was pregnant or two months after in February, actually, we found out. And I knew like that. The, <laughs> it's funny because the, the time that this happened, it's the same time that she got pregnant within the same time. Well, I don't think that's a coincidence. I'll just tell you right now. No, no, absolutely. I, I believe with all my heart 
that the moment that you surrendered it, because it was an idol for so long, right? It's something that was really holding like grip in your life. Once you release what was like an idol in your life, which was her getting pregnant, it was like, as soon as you said, I just want you, Lord, I just want your presence. I want your spirit. I want you to transform me and I want to surrender. As soon as you had that heart change, then God gave you those desires of your heart. And she became pregnant shortly after. I think that is just an amazing testimony because I don't think that's just happened to be around the same time. You know, that's just amazing. I love that. I that's if that's one of the biggest keys Israel to your testimony is that right there. That once you released the idol and once you released um whatever maybe, you know, you thought was going to be the thing that made you happy, right? When once you released that. No, absolutely not. Yeah, it wasn't in the past when people had prophesied over me about a baby, it was always like I want your heart first. Like it was, it was, I want your heart and then you'll find your miracle. Amen. A very close friend of mine who's a prophet texted uh, a vision that God had given her about us having a kid, right? And even though I was in that middle of that rebellion, God. Uh, spoke to this to this uh, woman and and told her because you have been crying out for a kid, I'm gonna give you a kid mm. just like Zechariah. That was three years ago, right? And I still remember that all that God wanted was just for me to get to you know to to release it. Wow! Just reading the text that this uh, this person sent to me about the prophecy, right? And every single thing that she writes in there is exactly what happened three years after. Is it word for word? Word for word. So now your wife is pregnant. I'm so excited. You're going to do your gender reveal pretty soon, right? Next month? In next month, God... He's merciful. He is so good to us. Amen. Well, thank you so much. This is a beautiful testimony. I love it. Um, It brings God so much glory. You're like the prodigal son. And he says, welcome home, Israel. Welcome home. Yeah. Always had his hand of protection on you. And I just love to watch all the details of your life unfold, you know, to your surrender moment. It's so beautiful. His goodness is just, it just brings me to tears every time. You know, we don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve exactly his patience, you know, I just a redemption story. Yeah, um, it is. God's, you know, God's jealousy over us where he just wants our heart. He wants our yes. heart more than anything. He is a jealous God. And, he, and when there's idols or, you know, but with you, there was also um, brokenness. And I've always prayed for you for years. And I don't know if you knew that, but. I know. You have to keep seeking his presence every day because or else Amen. the world is going to overwhelm you or you're going to go back to the same place you were. And and I think that's what it is. It's not just about one time. It's every day, you know, and you will feel that hunger if I don't seek his presence if I don't spend time with him 
I'm just going back to the same way I was and, and, and it can happen overnight. That's so true. You can read so much of the Bible. You can study. You can go to do events. You can do so many things for church, but you're always going to be empty if you don't have a daily relationship with God. And if you don't allow his spirit to come and, and take his place, because a lot of people say, oh, Jesus is my savior, but is he the Lord of your life? Right. That's a big difference. A big difference. In concluding, is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners? I'll say that if you're going through a hard time, if you're going identity crisis, I would say too, if you don't know where God is taking you, if you don't know where you're going, uh, all you can do is surrender. And if you feel like God is someone up there in heaven that is way out there and doesn't care or think about you, well, just talk to him. You know, he's, he's in your room. Don't, don't think of God as someone super out there, like so mystical. It's just God wants to be with you, wants to talk to you, want to love you. And, that's how, uh, that's all, all he wants a relationship with you. Right. Would you mind ending this in prayer and praying over the people right now and everything like, you know, we're going through with the, in our country right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just pray that um, God may use this, not only this message, but this podcast to, to bless every single one person that needs it right now, uh, especially during this, uh, this time that we're living as a country, uh, I know that a lot of people are, are probably uh, having some issues with family members, probably other people having to like uh, worrying about this uh, coronavirus thing. But I just pray that God may put peace in your heart and would speak to you through his word and whatever you're listening from and even if it's outside the United States, um, I just pray that you may find God and that you will allow God in your heart and to surrender everything you are. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, bro, for being on the podcast. I love you so much. Yeah, love you too. Thank you for having me on and for allowing me to share my story. No, thank you. Subscribe at LeahMarieCarson.com and follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. And remember, life becomes clearer when we focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon.